My name is Joshua T. Berglund, and we are live right now in the Live Mono Worldwide Multimedia Broadcast Network, powered by E360 TV. Thank you guys so much. Uh, if you're wondering where you can find us on streaming TV, just go to your smart TV, download the E360 TV app, and you will find the Live Mono Worldwide Multimedia Broadcast Network. Uh, so grateful for all of your support. So grateful to have you here today. If you're watching on social media, YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, Twitch, any of those platforms, thank you so much. Thank you for the podcast audience, the radio audience. Uh, God bless you wherever you're watching or listening from. We appreciate your support, but also we really do appreciate you guys downloading uh, the E360 app and watching us on the big screen. Uh, I look a lot better on a big screen, my wife tells me. <laughs> anyway, uh, so happy to have you here. And uh, I want to give a shout out really quick to State and Liberty. Thank you guys so much for the suit. Uh, you can go to stateandliberty.com and use promo code Joshua T. Berglund and save 20% on any of their amazing clothes that just fit awesome. And if you're an athlete or built a little funky like I am, uh, this is a great suit, suit company. They're made in America. They have men's and women's clothes. Absolutely fantastic. And also give a shout out to Pathwater. Uh, thank you for your partnership. You can go to Pathwater or drinkpathwater.com and use my name as the promo code. You'll get free shipping anywhere in the country and um, also save 20% on your order. So thank you for your support. So I am really excited about our guest. Um, and, but before we get into that and introduce him, um, I want to just say I'm really excited about this. My wife and I are getting ready to start doing weekend intensives. Uh, which is a, a weekend intensive media training where it's full blown all things media training. Um, we're going to host you here in Prior Lake, or of course we can come to you too. But um, there are certain luxuries to to have you come here and being able to work for a weekend and just learn all things media, including starting your own network. Uh, so we're really excited to offer that, and uh, because we believe that look, when you know media, everything becomes possible. Um, especially those dreams that are planted inside of you. And no, media knowledge is going to be everything moving forward into the new world. So just want to plant that seed. If you're interested, hit me up. So to our guest, um, 
I am excited about our guests because one of the things that those of you that have followed my journey know that I know what it's like to lose my kids. Um, I gave up my twins for adoption for, for adoption uh, back when I was a junkie. Uh, it was the best thing in the world for them, but it's also the most difficult thing that I have to live with to this day. And I get plenty of scars. Uh, if you know my story, you read The Devil Inside Me, which you can scan that icon there on the top left or top right. Um, and you can read my story and it's, it's troubling that said, by the grace of God, uh, my life has been restored. I have an amazing wife. I have two amazing daughters, uh, that I got through my wife. And then my oldest daughter has come back into my life, but I will be honest and say that I, I'm not the most mature, uh, human being when it comes to handling, <laughs> handling other people, but also with parenting. And I'm fortunate that I've had an amazing, loving wife that has taught me how to be a good father because the instincts that I had were not the best. Um, and I'm not knocking my parents. My First of all, my mom is amazing. Uh, she's the patron saint of awesome. But, you know, my relationship with my father was a little screwed up. And the way and the ideas that I had, even though I didn't like the way I was parented, um, I, I, my father did the best he could. I didn't interpret it that way at the time because I hated his guts. And, and, and again, if you know my story, you know just how bad I hated him and the, 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 the level of evil uh, that that hatred in my heart uh, caused me to live. So even with that, even not liking the way he parented me, I took a lot of those ideas and tried to be that with my new kids. That doesn't work. And I learned that. And so I'm learning as we go. And I'm, 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 I'm fortunate that I have two amazing little girls that also give me a lot of grace and help me work through um, the inadequacies or maybe the immaturity that I have. But I'm working on it and it's getting better. And because of that, I'm becoming a better father. That said, I believe the way that we've been taught to parent, um, I, I believe that there's maybe some better ways. And when our, our guest approached, uh, we, we started exchanging emails about coming on the show and I, the whole concept of what he uh, views as parenting and the way he teaches it is something I have never heard before. And I don't want to spoil it. And I sure as heck don't want to butcher uh, his mastery, but this is worth listening to. You guys are going to really enjoy this, I believe, whether you're currently a parent, you want to be a parent or Maybe your parenting experience has been pretty rough. I think this is going to be eye-opening and very, very powerful. So, ladies and gentlemen, it is a great honor for me to introduce to you Mr. Tim McCarthy. Hello, sir. Welcome to the broadcast. Thank you, sir. Great to be here. And thank you for that very kind introduction. Well, thank you very much. I'm grateful to have you here. Before we get started, Tim, what are you grateful for today? First of all, I'm grateful to be alive because there's over 800,000 of us that aren't. And I've just been so blessed with just my whole life. Uh, had good parents, had a good life, had a great career, several great careers. I'm currently retired and just living the dream, basically. Yeah, it's been... It's been really hard to see um, the last few years how people look. I, I'm going to stay out of the 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 opinion part of what's going on. I'm going to stay away from that and just focus on the lives that have been affected, in the lives that will be affected. 
it is it's it's been painful. I it's been painful to watch families get torn apart. Um, friends, I just found out yesterday that one of my I mean, he was a hero to me growing up. Um, I found out that he died. He had a heart attack from the jab and and it just in and, and, and it just rips my guts out because it's 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 we're going to hear more and more of this. And um, and I got to tell you, it's been it's spiritually taxing. It's emotionally taxing. But one thing that I would say that's come out of this the most for me is the way that I value home life, the way I value family. It's completely changed. Like friends are friends are friends. And of course, I, I love my friends. But you, 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 you know, I think you can agree with this with all of the political divide and things like that. A lot of friendships have been strained, but there's a something really hard and challenging about when your family is disrupted. It, it, it shakes like the foundation of who you are or it can anyway. And so this has been really, really challenging. But for me, holding on to my family tighter and trying to be the best father, the best husband so that my household is intact so we can weather these storms has become one of the most important things to me. And that's why I'm so excited to have you here. Well, in a storm, you go for the foundation, you go for something you can count on. And in most cases, that is family. Hmm. That's good. So how did this concept of 40 parenting, first of all, explain what that is. Uh, talk about your book and like where, where that, I, where it came from for you. All right. So, most people say we live in a three-dimensional world, and I say it's really a four-dimensional world, and that was based on H.G. Wells hundreds of years ago saying we have length, width, depth, and time, because if something doesn't exist for a certain amount of time, it really doesn't exist for us. So we live in a four-dimensional world, not a two-dimensional world, though. Oddly enough, you and I are being presented on a two-dimensional world right now as we speak. Yes, this sir. flat screen of whatever you're watching, a TV, a laptop, a phone, has two dimensions. It has length and width, but no depth. And not only no depth physically, but oftentimes no depth. If you ever watch much YouTube, <laughs> not a whole lot of depth in much of what's on there. But what I've done is parallel that to the four dimensions of human existence. We are all physical beings, mm -hmm. mental beings, emotional beings, but also spiritual beings. Yes. And so I wanted to bring that into child rearing and raising children as four dimensional children in all four dimensions in the challenge right now, which is the two dimensional world and all their friends trying to keep them on the phone. Wow. So where'd the I where'd this I inspiration come from though? I mean that right. this is I mean this is deep because most people you don't hear people talking about living in 4D or even 5D until you start talking to some older people who have been through, through some stuff and now they're high vibrating individuals. And but you don't hear you hear adults talk about it. Not you never hear it referred to the youth. So what inspired you to, to focus in on this area? Because most adults don't even understand 4D. And very simply, it was the martial arts. I got a black belt in 1978. So I've been in the martial arts consistently since then. 
uh, went up through the ranks. But part of what I did when I left the school system, I was a school uh, high school teacher and administrator, left to teach martial arts full times. And part of the Eastern way of looking at the world is that we are not just physical or mental, but a combination of physical, mental, emotional, spiritual. So I didn't invent the idea. I'm not that kind of a genius, mm -hmm. but I adapted it and tried to put it into very simple terms for the average parent to be able to use. Basically what I, what I had done part of my career was I would advise martial arts schools. We put together a program to help martial arts teachers teach what they teach deeper. Okay. Martial arts definitely develops confidence, definitely develops uh, spirituality, but how? And a lot of young instructors didn't realize that. So we put together programs for them to help them become better teachers as well as better businessmen. Uh, I'm sure you've seen all over the country, there are signs after school martial arts. We were on the forefront of developing that program. And I took my educational background and said, well, if you got the kids for three hours a day, you can't keep them in class the whole time. You've got to address more than just kicking and punching. And so we put together programs for them to develop them, not only physically outside the classroom, but mentally, emotionally, and spiritually. I mean, we didn't teach any religion because we wanted to be open to everybody, but the difference between right and wrong. A very simple example is in the martial arts, it's important to know how to punch somebody, but it's more important to know when to punch somebody and when not to punch somebody. So that's a moral issue, and that's what I mean by the spiritual dimension. Okay, that brings up something. When is the right time to punch somebody? Because, you know, I mean, you hear turn the other cheek, you're, you know, you hear things like that, but there is a time that you've got to fight. There's a time that you can you can be passive and ignore and try to forgive your way out of everything. But eventually you do have to throw a punch, whether it's relatively or figuratively, you've got to throw a punch. So in, in your opinion, in your in your infinite wisdom about this subject, when is the right time to throw a punch? Well, as a last resort. Hmm. OK, so there are lots of other ways to hit somebody over the head verbally. Sometimes they need that. <laughs> And there are lots of ways around that. Instead of conflict, I much prefer that you agree with each other. So you coexist. And so uh, the art of Aikido is beautiful at this. You take the other's anger, you work with it, you absorb it, and if necessary, turn it back against him. But if you can just absorb it and not hurt him, that's even better. So in a situation, a lot of bullying that goes on when we teach bullying in the martial arts and even outside the martial arts, a lot of bully prevention programs. The first option is not to punch the guy in the mouth when he calls you a bad name. Okay, If you can, you turn it into a joke. Even before that, a very simple answer is to walk away. You're walking down the street, the guy says, hey, nerd, if you stop, you enter his movie and he's the director controlling you. If you just keep walking, he'll say a couple of nasty other things and you're gone and it's done with. So avoid, 
absorb, redirect, and if absolutely necessary, redirect it back onto him. What would you, staying with martial arts, what, and you, you've been practicing for a long, I don't know if practicing is the right term, uh, forgive me if it's not, but practicing martial arts. You never well, stop practicing. What now? You never, never stop, stop practicing. practicing. What would you say that you've learned the most, the, 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 the biggest thing that you've learned through your martial arts discipline like that would actually surprise the audience because we all have our, I think we all have our preconceived notions of what martial arts is, but what would be something that you've learned or to even surprised you that would surprise the audience about the practice? Well, uh, it's not terribly uncommon. If the kids find out you're a martial artist, they say, show me something. <laughs> and my answer is this. That's the most important thing is respect. Wow. And to treat people with respect, you avoid most problems and avoidance is much better than cure. Uh, just a quick story. I remember when I was young and just got my black belt and I got a teaching job in the middle of nowhere and I'm a teacher and I'm walking around the campus and then somebody pulls up in a pickup truck and says, what are you doing here? And I look at him and I think, should I give him a smart ass answer? <laughs> and I say, I'm a teacher here, sir. And that diffused the whole situation. He said, oh, well, I'm, I'm one of the security guards and blah, 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 blah. And that was it. No fight, no argument, a little respect handles and goes a long way. I feel like there's a political message in here somewhere. Oh, I feel boy. like if, there's if a we unifying... could just get the Congress to face each other and bow, that would be. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I feel like so much of we've just lost. I mean, not all, but respect. Like we we just don't treat each other with respect, and we don't respect the fact that we have cultural differences, religious differences, uh, socioeconomic differences. So we're we have different perspectives. I feel like it's it's almost like if the world enrolled in martial arts, we may be able to solve some of these problems. Uh, I, I do, wow, there, there, there feels something much, much deeper here with Yes, this. and um, that's it. Wow. It's, it's respect. And even when you fight, if you watch two martial artists, they bow, they fight like hell, then they bow again at the end. It wasn't personal. It's, you know, this is what was required it's a competition but i respect you and i respect your coach man i miss those days of just if and obviously punching is the last resort but i can think of my closest friendships man we've been at war with each other and but now you know we have this respect and bond and that's been unbreakable and we've been able to weather all kinds of storms together you know my closest friends it's pretty amazing. Um, so just a, quick, you're, just a quickie, cooperation is better than confrontation. Cooperation, yeah. Amen to that. So your book, tell everybody about your book and, you know, how, you know, yeah, just tell it, tell everybody about your book and what people can expect when buying it. All right. So one of the great things we do in the martial arts is we teach you something. Somebody grabs your wrist 
and then this is how you escape. Now we don't move on. We say, okay, now everybody practice this line, grab the wrist of that line and then back and forth and we, and you practice it. So I wanted to take that out of the martial art classroom and bring it to the average family. So I did a couple of years of extra research, not only with my 40 some years of educational background, but I went into developmental psychology and I broke it down. What's happening to the brain for the first year of life, for the second year of life, all right? Three to five preschool and broke it down into each age group. What's happening with the brain? What are they capable of doing as opposed to what you think they're capable of doing? All right, now that you understand that, here are some activities to practice, to develop it. And so for things like emotional, okay? So at, oh, maybe two years old, what's your child emotionally? What's his developmental level? Well, he doesn't even know what his emotions are. So you've got to say things like, wow, you're really angry. And it's like, bing, oh, that's what anger is. Ah, you're very happy. Then you start moving on to, ooh, that makes you angry. All right, so now he's starting to connect it with triggers. All right, so once he can identify his emotions and name them, one of the things you do is name it to tame it. So once he can give a name to that feeling, this overall, and it's just energy running through his body, he doesn't know what to do with it. Now, oh, I'm angry. And that starts putting it through his prefrontal cortex. Now, not at two years old, it's not developed yet. But as time goes by, it starts going through the front of his brain. And that's where he can put a stop between the anger and the hitting or the anger and the throwing and the crying on the floor. And so that's part of what you're doing in emotional development and little activities where you just, uh, like a two-year-old, really can't stop. You say, stop, 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 stop. And he's running toward the street. And first of all, his brain doesn't work as fast as yours. It takes him sometimes two seconds to even hear what you're saying. Wow. And then if it's a negative command, he has more trouble with that than a positive command. So if you say walk slowly, that's easier to understand than stop running. So little things they found out with research that parents need to know and then what i've done is basically I, I call it my owner's manual for being a parent that you never got when you had your kids <laughs> that that's an interesting that little example seems extremely powerful because it well it's empowering it's not a negative i got a question sure i don't even know if you can answer this but Surely there's some psychology behind this. How come, like with children, when they're at home, you know, they don't necessarily always listen the best. They don't, you know, necessarily, uh, they don't mind as well. And they'll jump on the furniture. They'll do things like that. And you can tell them to stop. And then, of course, they want to go back to it. And they tend to be a little bit more mischievous. But when they go to the neighbor's house or they go to someone else's house in general, or they go to school or anything else, they're perfect angels. <laughs> How do you, can you explain that to me? Because I'm still trying to figure this out with our ch children who, by the way, are amazing kids. They're, they're brilliant. 
but they push the boundaries as much as possible when they're with us. But I swear to you, they go to other people's houses and they're just perfect. They're better. They act better than I do at other people's houses. Can you explain that? First of all, be grateful that they do that. Yeah, well, I <laughs> that am. they are good kids. But <laughs> we are all creatures of habit. And so they develop a certain habit as to how to behave in company. And they're not sure. At home, they're a little more relaxed. And basically, their job as kids is to push the boundary and find out where that boundary is. What is right and what is wrong? And there's our spiritual education again. So with you, they're pushing the boundary. And it's up to you. It's your job as the parent to enforce it, to say, no, we don't do that. And create the habit that they don't have to think about it. Should I jump on the couch or should I not? No, it's already decided. We don't jump on couches. They, I, I, I got to be honest with you. I, um, I enjoy the mental gamesmanship that goes on sometimes. I mean, mind you, it's with a five and six-year-old, and sometimes I feel like they outwit me. But I enjoy it, and I enjoy the creativity of how they try to find their way around the rules I, I'm sometimes I can't even get mad because I'm just blown away by the creative nature that they've just invented this this idea of how to work around things to make it work for them to get what they want. I was like, like wow. <laughs> so it's like I want to discipline you, but I'm also want to like give you a high five and raise your allowance because I'm so in awe of what you've come up with. And, and that's another thing too. We're teaching our kids uh, media already and because they've they've shown an interest in it and in just all things production and like we've we talked to them even with what's happening with covid we talk to them like they're adults we talk to them like they're adults when it comes to the work that we do we don't hide things from them and it's been amazing what they're learning like i didn't know i I mean, honestly, I thought I was dumb most of my life until after I got out of college. And then I realized, oh, wait, I'm actually smart. I just don't like this curriculum. Um, but I've been blown away with like what the like kids are way smarter than I would have ever thought. And that just shocks me. What is there? I don't even know how to ask the question, but what is it with that? Like, how do we know what's too much to give kids and what to hold back? All right, six-year-olds especially are very rules-based. So they're trying to find the rules and that's why he loves to argue the rules, okay? But just talk education. The, the ancient model of education was the master student and you become an apprentice, a journeyman, and eventually a master. Somewhere around the industrial revolution, we started putting people in rows and try to teach everybody to do the same thing at the same time so they could go off into a factory and do the same thing all day long. Okay? The current education system in America is kind of based on that. And it just doesn't quite work anymore because you can get on the internet and learn anything. anything. So you don't need a library card. You don't need to know the Dewey Decimal System, if anybody even remembers what that is. But you need somebody to help you figure out how to find what you want. First of all, find your passion. Second of all, learn how to be good at it. And so how do you 
how do you know how much to give them? Back to your question, depends on the development of their brain and you have to understand where they are. So if they're rules-based, then you wanna show them rules, enforce the rules. Let me throw in one other gem here, which is called the principle of minimum consequences. You don't use a sledgehammer to kill a fly. You use a fly <laughs> slaughter. So if your kid misbehaves, you do just enough to change the behavior and not anymore. And so you don't need to bring welts on their bottom with a strap if a harsh word or even a harsh look will accomplish your goal. But whatever that consequence is that works for that kid, that's where you have to go. God, I still anyway, back to the brain. And then as they get older and they're able to understand more, then you give them more or you let them find more. God, when you said SWAT, I, I could, I felt that in my body everywhere. Um, <laughs> I mean, I, for, you know, I've forgiven my father, but I, I just think about that. Uh, the, and look, I mean, there's parts of me that are like, I probably deserve to be spanked <laughs> in it, but it went further than that. But I, you know, I just, I, I can't even imagine, uh, you know, disciplining the kids with anything physical. First of all, I don't know my own strength. Like I can shake your hands and break it and not, you know, not know it, not do it on purpose. I, I just, you know, I don't know my own strength. So to think about being physical in that nature um, it, is it, it I, I can't, I can't bring myself to it. And I'm not judging anyone who decides to discipline their children that way. Uh, it's just not for me. And I, it sure as hell didn't work for me. It made me the opposite. It, if anything, it made me more of a masochist where I just got I fed off the pain. And I don't think that that bred anything healthy in me at all. Uh, but then again, I also don't know what would have worked for me because I was, you know, a pretty troubled kid. Like when you have, let me ask you this. I think a lot of mental illness is uh overstated and i'm not saying that it all is i mean i have disassociative identity disorder and i've have been on quite the healing journey and i'm healing more and more and more uh every every day really uh, and i thank god for that so I, I do know that mental health and is 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 a thing but with kids i think that there's a lot of parents that are really quick to medicate their children instead of maybe addressing the issue like every kid has adhd right and so they just give them synthetic methamphetamines or whatever the medication is now for kids and adhd what for 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 the the parents out there that have younger children that may be having some behavioral issues or attention issues what how would your book impact have a, an impact on on children like that is is it or helping parents address that and being able to step back and forgive me how i'm phrasing this question i'm just working through it uh but how if they were faced with this decision where i'm getting ready to send my kid to a psychiatrist where they may get medication is there anything in your book that may help them change their thinking on that yes and there are a lot of different possibilities with children misbehaving. 
one of the things, first of all, is if you got them young enough to start working on the, the ability to concentrate, hmm. where if you can just get him to concentrate or sit still for five seconds, uh, there's an old test, they call it the marshmallow test. And yeah. they use it, basically you put a marshmallow out, you ask the kid, you can have the marshmallow, I'm gonna leave, and when I come back, if the marshmallow is still there, I'm going to give you two marshmallows. So double or single, it's up to you. And then they walk out and they find that the kids who can wait for the second marshmallow tend to be able to uh, put off their uh, fulfillment. So they're better able to study, better able to go to uh, stick with school, better able to basically sacrifice today for tomorrow. But in my opinion, that skill is teachable. Now, I don't condone marshmallows, but if you can set that up as a training for your young child and say, all right, we're going to do this together. When I, and we can do that right now, but if we wait five minutes and I'm going to walk away and come back, we'll do something even better together, something even more exciting. And then if your child can't manage it, start teaching him skills like, okay, don't look at the marshmallow, don't look at the prize, do something else, take your mind off of it. And then slowly, if you can do that for five minutes, then we do it for 10 minutes, for 15 minutes. Now you've got a kid who can concentrate pretty long. Back to ADHD, if you really worry that that's an issue, first of all, do some alternative research. In the book, I mentioned a couple of people who say ADHD isn't a problem. It's a gift. Amen. Learn, learn to unwrap the gift. And I've got a couple of sources to do that. Uh, another issue is diet. Some foods in some people, not everybody, tend to trigger uh, pretty strange reactions. And if you can find that your child is gluten intolerant or intolerant to dairy or blah, blah, blah. Uh, and again, there are ways to find that out. And the easiest way is to just take it away for two weeks and see if it makes a difference. You know, stop, stop all gluten, stop all dairy. You don't have to tell them what you're doing. Just, oh, we're just going to eat this today. Oh, this is for dinner. This is for lunch. It's a very inexpensive test, but lots of things that you can do without resorting to drugs. On the other hand, I've got an adult friend who went on the ADHD drugs as an adult and said it helped him tremendously. So there's a time and a place for everything, but you have to use the right tool for the right job, not a sledgehammer for a fly. Yeah. In adult ADHD, like that, the medication, one thing that if you have an addictive personality, um, you know, that can trigger a, a desire and craving for, the, the dirty, the dirty drug, uh, meth. And I, and I was one of those people. Like I, <clears throat> I, I, I mean, it, I remember when I was prescribed Adderall and of course I was on all kinds of schizophrenic medication and all kinds of crap that I didn't really need. And, um, but I know the, 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 the Adderall triggered my hunger for meth. Like it didn't, it was like this, uh, it, it wasn't even, it just spiked the craving. And then I think about some of the other additives that are in food, like FDC, yellow and red, like those are known to trigger ADHD. And then, of course, giving sugar to kids when they start their day, you know, 
like the first thing they eat is sugar cereal, they're going to crave sugar all day long. And that in itself is going to create behavior problems. My God, I'm 42. And if I have a donut first thing in the morning, oh man, it is over. Like my whole day is shut because I'm going to be a maniac. I, I'm going to have that crash. I'm not going to feel good mentally. When I don't feel good mentally, then I'm just a butt. And like, you know, so I think diet affects us way more than we even give it credit for, whether it's our mental health, physical health and beyond. So I, I, I like where you're going with that. And, and I like the fact that you have alternatives. And look, some kids do need medication. And that's not for me to decide because I'm not your daddy. And I'm not <laughs> like I'm not the father of your kids that I know about. Um, but it's it, you know, it's something to consider because just going quick and running to the doctor Man, that's a bad habit that I think a lot of us have gotten into when I personally believe like we are surrounded by God's medicine, which is nature and our natural foods and things like that, that tend to have a lot more healing properties than the uh, than the medication, the synthetic medications we take. So I like that. What has been what's been your biggest surprise? Uh, about the feedback of your book? Um, no real surprises yet. Uh, good, a lot of good stuff. People who said their eyes were open to something different. Uh, I had a school teacher say that even with all her experience in education, it opened her eyes to new ways to, to react or interact with her daughter. Mm -hmm. So things like that. Uh, I, just, I just think no one looks at it the way I do in the four dimensions. Yeah. Education in this country is academic. You go to school, you learn your math, you practice for the SAT score. Very little emotional education at school. Unfortunately, you learned it in the playground, but nobody's supervising that. And in most schools, you don't learn any spiritual education unless you're fortunate enough to go to a private religious school. And even PE classes are, are being moved out. So there's not even physical education. You take a, an eight-year-old and sit him down all day and not let him run around. What do you expect to happen? So you know, yeah. we've got to take all four dimensions into account. We, um, it's our goal to homeschool the kids. I mean, there's things to, to work out there because uh, it's not just our decision. Uh, but I think it's necessary. This garbage that is being fed just to memorize, it's not stimulating your brain. It's not teaching people to operate in their gifting. If anything, it's doling their gifting down. And we all learn differently. And, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm hoping, gosh, I, I'm hoping books like this, you know, really get into the school system and really kind of shift the thinking because the curriculum that our children are being taught to me is, well, it, it's not it's not raising up the kind of uh, future leaders that I think we want. It, I think it's, if anything, and this is just my opinion, not I'm not saying it's yours, but in a way, it's like indoctrinating indoctrinating children into a form of slavery that they are never going to get out of. And and I, you know, and again, that's my opinion, but this. I see some of the stuff that is being taught in school and it makes me nauseous, nauseous. And I, I want to see that change. 
I got a question. Have you seen, have you ever read the book Code of the Extraordinary Mind? No. That book, uh, for me, it it sounds like like I I'm, this is why I'm excited to read your book because it does seem very in line with that. Even though this is a parent a focus on parenting, this is kind of a little bit of everything. But it was a book that really helped me break out of the box with thinking. And my, mind you, I've always been a big thinker, big visions, big dreams. Um, but I would put myself in the box because of well, what I had been indoctrined into religion, even though I'm a man of faith, I am not religious. Um, but I, I was stuck in that thinking and stuck in this mold of accepting that everything my parents said was right like that, or everything my pastor said was right. And just this habit of just accepting what these people in certain positions have or what their, their role is just blindly accepting that is something that I think a lot of us do because, well, there are parents, there are our pastor, there are our teachers. But that book helped me go, you know what? Maybe I'm not freaking crazy after all. Like, I, I think different, but maybe that's a good thing. So anyway, I do recommend that. Not to promote another book uh, while you're here, but it, it's something I think that you may appreciate with the the, the level of thinking that you're at. And just to address what you're saying, uh, that's part of moral development. And somewhere around 12 or 13, well, you're very rules-based as in the middle childhood. Then you start to become more uh, society-based, where it's not just this is the rule, but this is the rule because this is how it helps our society and this is how it affects other people. And then into the teenage years, sometimes kids will get beyond that to the moral, uh, moral principle stage where there is it's right or it's wrong. And you don't do it because you're going to get punished. That's very childish. You don't do it because it's the rule. That's middle childish. You don't do it because that's what I would want somebody to do to me. That's your middle school attitude. I do it because it's the right thing to do. And so maybe your parents never tried to get you to that level. Uh, and that's one of the things I hope that parents can do with my book and bring their child up to that level. Yeah. Oh, and, and again, I want to reiterate, my mom was amazing. And, uh, and but I was a challenging kid and uh, dealing with a lot of different things so that she wasn't equipped for. And plus, she didn't even know was happening. So, you know, I, I, I have no... Uh, I'm very grateful for my mother, uh, for sure. The um, Tim, I, I I love what you're doing, and um, I I think that I can't wait to get this book, and and read it because I, like I said at the beginning of this, like I want to be, I, I've shunned my responsibility as a parent, er, the early stages of my life, and now that God has restored everything that I've lost, I'd lost, and rightfully so, uh, that uh, what I had lost. You know, I, I take parenting seriously and um, and I and I want to be the best I can be. And I also appreciate different ways of thinking. And I do know getting stuck in 2D and 3D is is not really where we want to be, especially if we want to raise uh, our kids to help them be the best that they can be. And I've learned, like as I mentioned before, that, you know, kids are a lot smarter than we give them credit for. 
And I think that an approach to this, a big outside of the box way of thinking of parenting and doing parenting is something that's really, really needed. Um, because if not, if we keep kids stuck in this, with this, this I, I don't know what how to describe it, but where we're at right now as a society is not the best place to be. And, and we can do better. We can all do better. And so I'm excited about your book. I'm excited to get it. So why don't you tell the audience where they can find your book, Tim? Well, if you just look above my head, 4D-2D.com. Now, don't forget the dash. You'll end up in China somewhere. 4D <laughs> as in dimensional, 4D-2D.com. And the book is extremely affordable. It's under five bucks for the whole book. And, but it's not really meant to be read cover a novel. It's meant for your child at your age. So if you have one child, you can buy just the chapter for your child's age for under a dollar. Wow. I'm not out to get rich. I'm out to help people. So that's, uh, that's why I thank you for having me on and, being, and giving me the opportunity to share it with as many people as possible. And if you buy it, if you like it, share it with your friends because it's, it's just a different way of looking at raising your kids and a different way of making them happy, which makes you happy. Have you ever thought about doing a spin of Mr. Rogers? <laughs> uh, your own spinoff version of that? I have not. Do you think I would uh, be a good Mr. Rogers? Well, I mean, it would be a Mr. McCarthy, but yeah, I, I don't know. I, I, I just like, I felt like I just got a glimpse of that. And I, I thought that, the, I don't know. I think that's pretty cool. I think that that's something you should consider. I will seriously consider it because uh, sometimes divine inspiration comes quickly like that. Well, and you're talking to the right guy too. <laughs> like, cause like, this is what I do. Uh, but yeah, if like, if you pray, pray about it. And if you want to talk about it, let's talk about it. Cause I, wow, I could see it clear as day. And, and I also love the fact that I want to compliment this. And I think more guests should do this. Um, and this is a tip for the people watching and listening. You are giving a, the way that product placement is supposed to work. Uh, you're, you're taking advantage of the space that you have when you're in the video here. And it's brilliant because there you go. Your website's been right in front of me the entire time. Your book is right there. So it's like impossible to not pay attention to. And a lot of people make the mistakes of they, they run tickers and things like that. Well, no one pays attention to the ticker because it's stupid. The news, the news and uh, ESPN has basically ruined the ticker for everybody because no one pays attention to it. You tune it out. <laughs> so this is brilliant. I love that you're doing, you, you did that. You had the wherewithal to do that because most people don't. And it's something that is a very, very powerful, but very simple way of promoting what you're doing. So I want to applaud you on that. I think it's very, very wise. Thank you. Thank you. So, sir, it's been a pleasure. And uh, I look forward to speaking to you again. God bless you and keep up the amazing work. Thank you very much. It's been a lot of fun. I enjoyed it. And again, look forward to talking to you again. Yes, sir. God bless you, man. Thank you. Bye. Tim McCarthy, everybody. That was neat. Uh, I can't wait to buy the book. Uh, I think you should check it out, too. I had no idea that it was that cheap. I'm always amazed that when people, and I appreciate this, is he, he wrote the book and because he genuinely wanted to help people and he's priced it in a way that is incredibly fair 
but this is some big stuff. Like I, I, the value of this is way better than way more than the price. And, and I haven't read it yet, but just <clears throat> the thought that goes into, to, to write a book like this, uh, it, I'm telling you, it's, it's another level of thinking and, and it's risky when you break out of the mold and you break out of that. Well, look, so many people are guilty of when they see everybody going this way, they want to follow the herd. I don't know if it's a natural thing for me. I want to run the opposite way every time. That's just my instinct. Cause I don't want to follow the crowd and do what everyone else is doing because I don't want to get lost in the shuffle. I kind of want to carve my own road. And that's what we've done. But what he's doing is the same thing. And the fact that he valued, I mean, I I won't say value, that's not the right word, but that book is affordable. So you guys buy it. Seriously, like change your thinking. Look, even if you don't agree, you spend a couple bucks to, to challenge your thinking. That's one of the healthiest things you can do. That's the problem with religion is that you you just stop thinking you're just following a rule following a rule following a rule that's why i say i'm not religious because i ain't following all that i live by the ten commandments but i'm not sitting around following rules going oh what does the rule book say i gotta do this like it doesn't work that way so like we it's a dangerous trap to just follow and fall into routines break yourself out of it and you know what we could all be better parents and frankly a new fresh way of thinking about parenting and how we parent, I think would be healthy for all of us because look, times are changing. We are going into a new world quickly. And, and everything that we've known about everything is about to be flipped on its head if it hasn't already for you. And um, of course, I'm excited about what's coming, but that's a whole other story. So anyway, I recommend the book if you didn't figure that out yet. And um, I'm going to buy it for myself. But thank you guys so much for watching. I want to say thank you again to State and Liberty for the suit. Uh, go to stateandliberty.com. Use promo code Joshua T. Berglund. Save 20% uh, on your order. And they're amazing. Their customer service is over the top. Over the top good. And also, thank you to Pathwater. Go to drinkpathwater.com. Um, I love them. And I didn't really go into this at the beginning, but it's a reusable water bottle. And it's the same price that you would go pay for any of the other water bottles. Same price, but this one's reusable. In fact, this is the one. Is this the one I've been using for? (laughs) No, this is the other dented one. I got two now that I'm rotating. They look like they've been in a fight. But um, I love it because I can reuse it. And plastic pollution is a massive problem. And it gets in our food. It destroys and pollutes our oceans. It affects our health because, again, it's in our food. So please go to drinkpathwater.com, use promo code Joshua T. Berglund, get free shipping and save 20% on your order. God bless you guys and uh, have an amazing, amazing day. See you soon.